Welcome to Christie's Comedy Pod. I'm cleaning out my car a little bit because my parent, you know, my dad is going to take my little sister to school with my car tomorrow and then go fix it, like get a new tire and stuff like that with it. And I've been living out of my car for six months going around the south of the United States doing comedy. So I have like a lot of stuff, like, I have to go through everything and just, like, try to remember what would be shocking and horrifying for my dad and little sister to find, because my little sister is, like, shamelessly curious and kind of, like, just willing to, to just say, like, oh, look at this, like, she's willing to just, what's in there, oh, and open it, and then, like, say what, she's willing to do that kind of thing, and then I don't know how much curiosity my dad secretly harbors, but he'll be with my car for like five hours. So I'm like cleaning. <laughs> There's so many like things that are, you know, I got to bring them inside into my room. Uh, I keep like finding something new that I'm like, oh my God. But I'm not even going to describe them on here because I just feel embarrassed. But cool, how's everybody's day going? It's December 1st, and, um, I'm probably gonna put this out in the morning, so, like, December 2nd, but, uh, I just, I successfully did my personal challenge of putting out an hour podcast with good structure, you know, one time I was hungover, and then I, I did, okay, I got sick, I, I took six days off in total, uh, yeah, that's it, but, um, besides that, I did the daily thing, I did it, and I'm gonna switch to every other day now, for myself, because it's too, like, I have so many other things going on, I don't have time to, uh, do anything else when I'm doing this podcast and all my other things, like, it just fills up my day, I do, like, my comedy shows, I come home, I do the pot, like, I, I get to sleep barely on time, just doing everything, so, I, um, I'm gonna, I have to do it every other day, so that this time that I use for the podcast, um, on the, on my days off of it, will be used to clip up the podcast, get good clips of it, and, like, put it out on, like, TikTok, Instagram, stuff like that, like, I want to, I want to utilize good moments of the podcast to advertise it places, because I don't know if you notice, I don't really have a big audience, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of that, like, why would I have a big audience, but, um, you have to advertise things, I actually have, um, yeah, you have to advertise things, and you have to get started advertising things, don't be ashamed of how you know, small your audience is, how small your results are. This is coming into one of my motivational tips of the day that I've recently, um, I think it was today that I learned this, that you don't have to believe in yourself before you get started. Like, whatever that big goal is, that huge far-off, like, if you believe that you can hit the goal, then your goal isn't big enough. That's what they used to tell us all the time at this, uh, I worked for Cutco for a while, like, I was a big person in it. 
and I would like hit insane goals and break records like I was like a big person in it and we it's a very competitive business and um they used to say like they would make us set these goals that were insane where we would get like four hours of sleep and stuff and I'd be like I don't know man this goal isn't like this goal I can I can barely even I don't think I can hit this goal and they'd be like perfect like if you think that you can hit the goal it's not high enough you need to push it until you feel like that's kind of crazy I don't know if I can hit that and that's when you can be like okay this is let's go there you know and there's a thin line obviously because you have to get right to when it's crazy because if you go too far in the crazy zone then sometimes that can make you kind of shrug your shoulders and not even not even kind of try unless you actually feel like okay there's a gun to my head let's do it you know um there's this exercise that I did recently where someone was like oh let's say that you have to make a million dollars in the next year gun to your fucking head like uh your family dies you die if you don't make a million dollars in the next year can you do it and they were just freaking out ranting about this and I actually, like, got into that mindset, and I was like, oh, fuck, like, I actually probably could figure that out. If I, if I sustained that mindset for a year, and every day I was like, ah, like, gun to my fucking head. If I sustained that, I could definitely do it. Like, yeah. Um, but I just know that I kind of can't sustain that right now. I just... I just know. So, anyways, you don't have to start off believing in yourself. Because if you're smart, you know, you have to see to believe. You have to see results in order to believe. And results require action. You're not just going to be sitting there not doing anything and have results. That's always like a lie. It's like, I don't know if you saw... The Law of Attraction, I saw it like 40 times, the movie The Law of Attraction, or The Secret, The Secret. And like the chicken noodle, the chicken noodle soup of the, uh, the chicken soup for the soul guy pissed me off so much because he was like, oh, the Law of Attraction worked for me. And it's like, no, dude, he, he's a perfect example of like the opposite. Like, he was like, yeah, I was praying, you know, I was doing the whole Law of Attraction. And then suddenly I'm in the shower and I realized that I have a book. Why don't I just sell this amount of the book? And then that would get me, you know, the $10,000 or whatever. And then it, w it became a huge deal. Chicken noodle soup for the soul. Um, that pissed me off because they really try to gloss over the fact that he already had the book. They tried to say it as small as it. I, I got this book. As though maybe he had an idea of the... No, he published the book already. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, normally in life, you aren't sitting there with the result already. Do you know what I mean? You're not. You have to, you know, my... This little podcast, like... I had to start doing it. I put out... What is it, 20 of them? I, I don't even know how many I put out. I did it all month, basically. And I was aware that, you know, no one, like, 
maybe no one will ever, like, it's fine. Action is what will create results. Like, results are just not going to come unless there is some kind of action. So you have to do the action. And then when you get the results, you can start believing. You don't have to believe at the beginning. Um, comedy. Dude, when I started my comedy career, I was so um, not funny. Like, I was funny when growing up and stuff, like as a kid and a teenager and stuff, I was funny. Like, that's why, you know, whatever. But uh, in my seven to ten years, I don't even know, of professional life, I was trying to be an ambassador at the UN. Like, I was trying so hard to not be silly. I wanted to be very serious and professional. I was in blazers all the time. I, I had my UN badge, like you wear this badge around your neck. I had that on at all waking hours. No matter what, if I was going out to the bar, I kept my UN badge on. And I remember like one of my bosses pulling me aside one time and he was like, um, you know you have to like uh, behave yourself when you have that badge on. You're representing the UN. Um, you can't just go get wasted or something and like you can't go be rude to people on the street, you know, with this badge on. And I told him, that's why I wear it all the time. Because I'm like trying to be fucking perfect. Do you know what I, like, I was, like, holding doors open for everyone. I, I literally walked around like a fucking superhero. Do you, like, I was young. Um, but I was trying really hard. Like, I would do silly things and, um, say that I, like, say in my own head, like, no, don't, don't do that. Like, stay, you need to stay professional. Be professional. Uh, so I was knocking the funniness out of me as much as I could. It was crazy, dude. Um, uh, the UN was all about, like, uh, crises and being super, like, they're very uh, formal in the way that they speak and the way that they write the emails, like, everything. So when I started comedy, when I decided to start comedy, I was so stiff. That was one of the things that I was, like uh, that I knew about myself, is that I was stiff, like, I couldn't really dance anymore, I was very, like, robotic, I could not <laughs> be funny, I, they just, it was, it was crazy, so for me to gamble on becoming the next Bill Burr, you can see why I was very ashamed to tell anyone, and when I, when I first told someone, I said so many times, like, I know that sounds delusional. I, like, I'm aware that that's delusional. Oh, my God. You know, th th that it's delusional. And it is interesting because some people are definitely delusional. So, uh, but this, you know, I didn't really believe in myself, actually. I, I was very, like, I, I don't know. I really don't know if I can... Uh, get to the point, and you might, you might, you might note that I'm not the perfect comedian yet, like, I'm two and a half-ish years in, I'm definitely not, like, the perfect, you know, comedian yet, but I've been getting results, and, like, I can see those, and those are, those are causing belief in me, um, 
I'm seeing all of my successes and I'm like, okay, I can believe in myself, you know, but I was aware that I needed to go out and do like, you know, five to seven, uh, comedy sets in front of a bunch of people a day in New York city every single day for at least a year. That was like my plan. I like planned out this whole thing. And as far as live comedy, I was like, yeah, five to seven a day, basically every day. I mean, obviously I rested sometimes, but basically every single day for a year before I measure what's going on. And I had enough money actually saved up for that to be okay. I was like, before I like take a look around and see if I'm good, see if I can do this. And that's what I did, dude. I did as much as I could for the first year. Um, and yeah, it was good that I put my, I put my head down it was good that I did that because I really, you know, sucked at, first of all, I had stage fright, like, you know, I, I was terrified, like, public speaking, uh, it wasn't that easy, like, it wasn't that easy, you know, I was, I thought that I was gonna have to get a Xanax prescription before I started, I was like, I might, I might even have to go get a Xanax prescription, I was at rock bottom, mind you, so I was like, yeah, let's, who cares? I might have to go get a Xanax prescription. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do this, right? But good thing because I sucked. But I was okay with sucking and I didn't look for feedback. Like, I didn't want, I didn't ask anybody if I was doing okay because I was like, I know the answer. Like, I'm not, nobody, like, some people, like, men would try to flirt with me or whatever and they'd try to say, like, hey, good set, good, good job. And I knew that that was not true. Like, no, I didn't have a good time, whatever, thank you, thank you, like, um, I don't know, I didn't have to, you know, this, this guy, I was, like, dating a comedian, one comedian ever, so, fuck you, but, like, I was dating one for a second, and he was new at it, and it was really frustrating, because he would, he was in a smaller town, he was like, he still hasn't moved out of that small town, and he would only do, like, one state, you know, one set every two days, like, because of the small town, and he would drive two hours and go do one, and then two days later, he'd drive two hours and do another one, like, it's not, first of all, no, right, but second of all, like, every time he did just a open mic, just like a, you know, four-minute set at an open mic, he would call me and, like, go through every detail with me, and, like, uh, try to convince me that he did a good job, and I saw him, you know, it's like, it's not that he didn't do a good, it's not that he sucked, but it's like, he was new, I, like, I knew about my first year of just, like, put your head down, don't, don't ask people if you did a good job, don't try to convince people that you're good at it, and I'm good at this, like, <laughs> don't really look into each one, like, again, I did five to seven a day, and I would actually record them, and watch them back, and then just delete it, and I would just force myself to watch them, but I wouldn't even look into it, I'd be like, it's actually better than I thought, and then I'd delete it, and I just keep going, like, 
but I just put my head down, and he didn't do that, like, it really fucking bothered me, like, that he would just do one mic, one open mic, and be like, um, oh my god, you know, I, I think they really liked me, I think I did a really good job, like, just, just thinking about it too much, and I was like, what you need to do is drive to New York and do 800 and then call me. Like, for real. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't empathize with, like, with that. Of, like, why, don't, you don't need to believe in yourself at the beginning. Push through until you see the results that you want to see. I, I don't know. Um... And sure, there's, there's such thing as, like, maybe not, you know, being good enough. Like, what's something that I failed at? Like, Tesla, when I worked at Tesla, I failed to be good at, um, like, you have to finish full-on solar projects. And, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, I just, I argued with the customers too much because they would say... I was in it for the United Nations um, perspective of, like, everyone needs to go solar now because we're in a climate crisis. Like, I was in that mindset. And all of our customers at Tesla were in this different mindset where they were just like, what's in it for me with, like, my financial, like, savings? That's all they cared about. And I, whatever. I don't, know. like, it's fine, but I wasn't good. They always thought that I was, like, uh, pretending to care. Because I, I wanted everyone to buy the whole thing and to, like, go through it now. Hurry, hurry. And I'd show them. I'd be like, this is how much carbon you're producing, like, per hour right now. You can stop that. Like, I would, like, do the calculations. And they thought it was all just this very aggressive sales pitch, even. And I was like, no, I'm, like, I'm coming from a policy... Mindset. I don't know. Anyways, I failed. Like, I, I couldn't um, do it there. And I pushed through as much as I pushed through, bro. I worked, you know, 12-hour days. I would spend my free time at home, like, training by myself. And just doing all the... Watching TED Talks about sustainable energy and solar and homesteads and, like, all of these sustainable solutions, and I just, most of it was because my, my time at Tesla was for just studying about sustainability, but, like, anyways, like, I failed that. No matter what, my results back were just that, like, this isn't for me. I hate this. If you hate it, if, if that's the results that you're getting is, like, if you're getting rejected, but you still have that energy inside of you to keep, you know, you're still like, I'm gonna fucking keep going, then yeah, keep your fucking head down and keep running, dude, you know what I mean, until you see those positive results, just keep your head down and keep fucking running, but with, you know, sometimes you are a failure at this, you know, and I think that the way to notice that is when I, like, when I was at Tesla, where I thought, I was, I was like, okay, let me just keep my head down, keep running, go, 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 I don't care, I don't care, all this, you know, rejection and hardship and stuff, and then suddenly I just kind of looked up, and I was like, dude, I don't like this, like, I don't have any more energy for this bullshit, I do not like this, 
uh, fuck this, bye, this is not for me, and then start, before you leave, just start thinking about maybe what, what is for you, what do you have energy for, you know, when I was at rock bottom, I was like, I don't fucking have energy for anything, I used to care so much about suffering people, you know, going and helping people that are suffering, I used to care so much about refugees, used to care so much about polluted rivers, and I'm like, I was sitting there at rock bottom, like, I don't care about any of that shit anymore, like, I'm suicide, I don't give a fuck, I, I, I don't care, bye, Felicia, like, I don't care about any of these people, any of nature, it's stupid, bye, I don't have energy, and I, what do I have energy for, nothing, no, and it's just interesting because the one thing I had, you know, if I if I thought about it, the one thing that I had that energy for, because I tried to go into entrepreneurship, which is what a lot of people do when they're trying to duck out of, you know, some professional institution type of thing. They they realize entrepreneurship. Fuck yeah. Right. And so I was like building all these websites, trying to figure out what my billion dollar company would be. And I just remember like my friend asked me, she was somebody who helps people with startups, she asked me with one of my ideas, she's like, Christy, would you be willing to just really work on this constantly for no benefit for five years? And I, without hesitation, dude, I just was like, no. <laughs> this stupid fucking idea? No. This dumbass product? No, no. I wouldn't. That would be miserable. I'm suicidal by... Um, and all of my all of my little companies that I was thinking up, I would look at them and I'd be like, dude, I don't give a fuck about this. No. Like, it's a little bit exciting because, like, I think of the idea and I put the stuff together. Like, it's a little exciting, but it's, like, five years with nothing and all, you know, the whole thing. No. Fuck that. Out. And the one thing, like, interestingly, uh, if you can relate with it with something, is that when I, w when I would watch <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld and different comedians, and, like, they would say, they would look at the fucking screen, and they would just say, like, hey, you should be a comedian, it's amazing. Like, they would say that. And I'm not being schizophrenic, like, they actually say that a lot. If you look, go back to their shows and stuff, they say that a lot. They're always like, this is the best job ever, like, this is amazing, like, they say that a lot. And... I just remember I was like, oh, fuck. I suddenly put that question on being a comedian. I was like, could I do that for five years with nothing, no benefit? And I was like, yeah. Ten years? Yes. Until I die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'll do it. I have energy for that. I can put my head down and I can run towards that. Sure, I might, like, something, something that I don't, unforeseeable right now could make me burnt out. But, yeah. I don't know, I feel like that, hopefully that is helpful. <laughs> um, people's glory days were their hoary days. Truth. 
That is fucking true. I, uh, I love to work out, I love, I love to work out premises in this podcast that are not really ready for me to go on stage with them. They're not really funny and, and good yet. But I like, this is a great, you know, people's glory days were their hoary days. It's just a rhyming truth. People are like, oh man, remember college, remember high school? Like, I have this friend who's married and like her and her husband immediately got fat as soon as they got married. And whenever they start talking, uh, I mean, whenever she starts talking with like a friend around or something, whenever they start talking, they always talk about their hoary days. There was like, oh, remember I was hooking up with this guy and we went and fucked that guy. Like, <laughs> they don't have anything like that was their glory days. So stay with it. Don't let it end. Um, when you're at a guy's house, he sees you in all your glory. And then you walk away and you do the walk of shame afterwards. It's like, what, does he keep it or something? Does he keep the glory? Or like, is the glory not with you? He like keep he gets the glory away, and then you, now you're just shame. You walk. The walk of shame. I think the most in in dating and stuff. I feel like the most shameful walk, the walk of shame, is guys walking home from the bars alone. That's the only time that like a walk in dating is shameful. Like, a girl, it's kind of never shameful because a girl is just, you know, let's be honest. Like, she's kind of always desired, even if she's wasted. Like, there's so many, she, she's a man's, you know, even if she's trash, she's a man's treasure, you know. And so the only walk, really, of shame is, is guys who tried their fucking hardest all night. And, and didn't succeed, and are, like, are sad, like, walking, they're literally shame, like, they actually feel shame, and they're walking home. Yeah. Uh, I was saying that you should, uh, you should do 2,000 words a day with a word counter. You should type 2,000 words a day. For, as a comedian, like, it helps me a lot. It would help me a lot because it makes, you know, it's easier to figure out my opinions and, like, get to, get to joke writing better. But honestly, for anyone, it helps with having your mind be, being able to express yourself, knowing what you think. Knowing what, what you think looks like knowing what what you think looks like yeah that's confusing to say but I so I tried that like last night I did my first 2,000 words I went to wordcount.com and bro 2,000 words is a fucking lot so I was only able to do 500 because I was like I have other shit to do bro like I don't have anything else to say 
I have other shit to do. So I, I was like, let me just start off with 500 words. Don't, 2000 is, in, is insane, dude. That, that'll take you an hour and a half, I think, at least. But it made me realize, because my friend has been doing 2000 words a day for every single day for like years. And I was like, my respect for him is on top of the fucking world right now. Because, yeah, he must have so much clarity of what he has to say. Like, because 2,000 words is so much. And you just you just write um, stream of consciousness. And it's just great. But I'm starting off with 500. So I did another 500 today. Um, do not use wordcount.com like I was using because as soon as you like press anything it deletes all of your text like it just deletes everything and it's like when you're writing those uh 500 500 words you get gold like you can you come across things that you want to keep forever and no matter who you are like you get gold uh sorry so, um, it's really upsetting when it all just gets deleted because of some bullshit fucking Chinese-ass website. So, yeah, I'm using, like, another one next, and we'll see which one is the safest to use. That's, like, a PSA, bro. So important. Um... I was talking about, like, having big goals, like, p making them a little bit out of reach, right? Someone was saying, make, like, have goals like the horizon, where, like, the closer you get to them, the more you push them a little bit out of reach again. And not in the short term, like, you definitely in the short term want to be able to check shit off. Like, you definitely do. But it's that kind of long-term goal a little bit that you're like, uh-uh-uh, I'm getting close to it. I need to push it now. I actually watched... I had this manager who I really fucking respected. He was this great guy. And he was turning 30. Which is so young, now that I think about it. Because he looked like a middle-aged man. Um, he was turning 30. And his whole goal in life was by 30 to own a whole house and um I don't know some like really nice car I forgot like an f-150 and like a whole house like I forgot um and he was like putting that together and like as he was turning 30 he was like really getting the house like together so that he could um own it and have like the house party and like the whole thing um and it was beautiful because like he turned 30 and he had his goal and this is something that he had been talking about for <laughs> every single day, like, as this big motivation thing. Like, just, this that was his why. That was his fucking thing. Um, and so he got it, and it was, like, it was great. It was a little bit, like, I, we kind of felt the vibes, you know? Like, we felt the vibes, and it was almost like a like, um, anticlimactic, like, it was almost like, okay, yeah, yay, like, a little bit like a, like a bad orgasm, like, you're just like, 
was did you are you happy and 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 he just was kind of like yeah yeah you know and dude i swear to god after that he became like depressed i swear and he wouldn't tell us because he wanted to lead us and like keep everything positive and like you know be a lighthouse of like beauty and and motivation like he wanted to be this great thing for us so he wouldn't tell us that he was that anything was wrong but like bro he was depressed and i fucking knew it bro he didn't have another goal like like for real I can't even imagine that, but, like, he, he didn't really have another goal. Um, I mean, his next goal ended up, like, get it being, um, getting married, but that was all fucked up, dude. Like, there's some stuff, but, like, um, it was not the same. He, he got depressed, you see, because he didn't have, he reached his goal, and he was, like, done. Um... But he's a hard worker, and he didn't know, like, what am I, you know, he had to, like, he, he didn't prepare. Like, sure, he found another goal, like, eventually, you know, but he didn't prepare himself. So, they say keep your goals like the horizon. Like, when you're getting close to that long-term goal, before you hit it, you need to set, set more, you know, do the whole, you know, set it again. Set it again keep it going, keep it, keep it like a beautiful horizon, something that every night you can sit back and, and just look at and be like happy and enjoy it, just enjoy the view of it, damn, look at this, you know, look how, look how good I'm doing, look how great this goal is gonna be, look how great everything, I'm accomplishing it, fuck yeah, every night, the sunset, that horizon, every night, you relax, you sit down, and you're just like, fuck, yes. Mm. But you never hit it. Don't fly too close to the sun, baby. Because that'll get you all riled up. <laughs> yeah, you have to... You have to be in control of your brain sometimes when it comes to happiness. You know, you have to stay on top of it when it comes to happiness. Like, people who have had bouts of depression, afterwards, like, I'm not depressed, but I've been depressed in the past. And people who have bouts of it, they will always say things to you like, I have to manage it now every day. Like, it doesn't, they're always like, it doesn't really go away. It's something that I manage. They always say things like that to you. And it's like... It's like they climbed out of the depression using tactics like, okay, exercise and, you know, goals and journaling. Like they use all these tactics. And as soon as they think they can take one of those tactics away, they start to feel kind of like shitty again. So they like put it back. Oh my God, I have to manage this. Fuck. Every day I have to be like, okay, <laughs> I got to go get 15 minutes of sun. I got to get some fresh air. Okay. Stay on top of it. Stay on top of it. And like, Look, I don't know who you are if you haven't had a bout of depression. I don't really know. Like, that's really good for you. Um, but our brains... Our brains are not meant to keep us happy. Our brains are old 
machines. They're the like oldest machine ever, you know. They're an artifact of millions of years ago. Like that's kind of gross, dude. It's like a nasty, gooey machine. Machines are supposed to be metal. They're not supposed to be made out of boogers. Isn't the brain made out of mucus? It's a mucus membrane. Right? Oh my god. <laughs> Is it? I hate that. Okay. <laughs> I hate that. Um, but the brain is designed to keep you safe. And to, and to make you uh, make babies. That's it. Grow babies, at least. Too. But not to make you, not to keep you happy. Like, your brain is designed to make you feel miserable when you need, you make you feel miserable a lot. Like, hey, go get food, you're miserable. Hey, go pee. You, go pee so your bladder doesn't, you know, run into issues. You're miserable. You know, hey, like, you're miserable, you need to go do this. Like, go, go, go. Like, you know, it's not designed, like... It makes you, um, restless. It's like, go explore. This is boring. Like, your brain gets bored. This is bored. Cats don't get bored. Cats just sit there. Dogs literally just sit there and stare. But we can't even do that. Our brains are like, no, you're miserable, you're miserable, go. So we're walking around all the time. <laughs> we're like, uh, uh, walking around. Help! Puzzles? Give me a puzzle! Give me a puzzle! You have to stay on top of it because your brain isn't really there for you. When it comes to happiness. It's just trying to keep you um, healthy. And it can't even do that because it didn't even know about sugar. It didn't even know that we were going to figure out sugar. So it can't even do that. It's like, sugar! And we're like, that's not safe. And it's like, sugar! Heroin! It didn't even know that, you know, we were going to invent stuff. So it's just, yeah, all it's doing is trying to make us pee and, and fuck each other. That's all it's doing. And it's, and it's a lot of misery. There's very few happy neurotransmitters. Like, you got serotonin, you got, you know, some dopamine. Like, you don't really have, like, that's it. And they're, like, few and far between and shit. So, you have to, like, always be on the way. Like, notice when you're on the way to pee, you're not, you're not miserable anymore. It's like, okay, good, good. When you're on the way to, you know, fuck somebody, like, you're not miserable. You're speeding over to their house, like, you're not miserable. As long as you're running towards the fucking goal, your brain is like, okay, cool, yes. You have to stay on top. I don't know. You have to do that. So, I have dimples. Dude, in middle school, I was... Or actually, elementary school, I was scared that I had dimples because people kind of called me dimples and they would laugh sometimes. They'd be like, look how much they show up. You know? Ah, Dimples. And I was like, fuck, I hate this. But obviously, having dimples is amazing. 
I think people could have been a little bit more, like, adults could have been a little bit more clear with me on the fact that it was amazing. Like, I was genuinely upset that I had dimples, and adults were like, no, you're fine. But you could have been like, hey, here's an example right here of the fact that everyone with dimples loves, like, it's good. Like, they could have been more clear with me. But anyways, I suffered through that, and I realized that dimples are awesome. They make you innocent all the time. Like, if you're kind of getting yourself into trouble, like, you don't see... There's no one in prison that has dimples. Not ever on Earth. As soon as you're getting yourself into trouble, you just kind of, like, do this thing that shows your dimples with your, like, lips. Shows your dimples, and... People kind of, uh, it's like they're reminded that you have, that you are, you've been a toddler before, that you've been a little baby. I feel like that's what happens. Like, you kind of show your dimples, and I've seen it in guys too. When I see their dimples, I'm like, oh, they used to be like a cute little four-year-old. I always like, I'm get reminded, I'm like, oh, you don't know. It's like cute. Yeah. When police, um or getting concerned or whatever, talking to me, I show my dimples, and they fucking love it. They're always like, oh, yeah, no, you don't have to, like, you don't have to keep your, you don't have to have your hands showing as long as your dimples are. Like, everyone else needs to have their hands up and showing, but no, you, no, your dimples are showing, so you can put your hands in your pockets Yeah, it's like it's kind of like a making a cute baby face. Like if every if anyone ever like they're trying to get you to be more have more mercy, they try to kind of make a cute baby face. A girl will do that a lot. People with dimples like we don't have to even try that much cuz we just have to do the show the dimple. We don't have to go like goo 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 guy. Like we don't have to do anything. We just dimples and then you're like oh yeah I get you know you didn't know so I'm better than you uh I was trying to get money from my look I have a sugar daddy we ha we made an agreement Luckily, he's this very attractive guy. I have to update anybody who didn't hear, you know, the whole detail of me getting him, you know. Extremely nice, kind of, like, really chill to talk to. Uh, rich guy, did I t say that? Um, very attractive. It's just great. But, um... I'm basically, I'm, I'm basically supposed to get $500 a week from him. And, but we're on, va we're on vacation, sorry. I'm, like, out of town. And so it's not, it's, like, the, kind of the beginning of our relationship. And I'm out of town. I'm not good at, I'm not good at really making that uh, seamless of, like, texting him or whatever. Like, we're not flirtatious. I'm so asexual. Like, you, you hear how I'm talking now? I'm so fucking asexual. It's... I'm not able to be like, what are you wearing? Like, I can't. Like, I just called him right before this, and 
we had like a 20 minute talk and like it was literally me being how I'm talking like oh my god I'm so bad and I tried at the very end the last thing I asked I go uh are you still looking good and he's like yeah I am <laughs> and I was like oh that's good that and and then we basically said goodbye after that that's the that's the biggest it got I'm so bad but um I need money bro so he's supposed to be giving me $500 a week but it's like the holidays I'm out of town this whole thing and usually you do the $500 by like meeting up with them in person and being like okay great but right now I'm, I'm like a I'm like an online you know scammer right now for him to pay me so it's like harder I fucking ran out of money. Like, last night, I, uh, needed to fill my gas tank. It was completely empty. And it only filled up $4. Because I'm out. I'm fucking out of money. Um, <laughs> and I can't tell him any emergency type of thing like that. Because I need to keep it, you know, he's, it's a fucking balancing beam. And, like, three days ago, he... Or, actually, yesterday. <laughs> last night, he agreed to pay me the $500. All day today, I woke up in the morning. I fucking couldn't sleep well last night. Like, this is hurting me so, so much. I had all these nightmares. I woke up. He still hadn't sent me the money or text or said anything. So, I, like, sent him a selfie of just me smiling. And... And finally, like, three hours later, he says, yeah, I'm going to send you the money later today. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, tried to play it off like it was natural. Hey, here's our Christmas tree. Then in the evening when I knew it was like, okay, you have, like, two more hours of being awake. Like, in the evening, he still hadn't texted me or sent the money. Like, bro, I have to go. Like, I need more gas in my car. Like... <laughs> I need the money, like, is he gonna, like, how many times do I have to ask, like, what's gonna happen, dude, do I need to do food delivery, do I need to go to work, do I need to go find another, like, I need to go back on the website and do all the, it's really hard to, to like, sift through all the people, so, it was really tough, and so I, so at like eight o'clock or whatever, I was like, can I call you? And I called him and I kept it really chill and happy. And at one point he's like, um, yeah, I need to send you the money. Uh, still, <laughs> it sounded good, but like, you know, we're off the phone. He still hasn't sent me the money. Like, <laughs> oh, like I need it. I don't know what to fucking say, bro. I guess my dad's going to kind of fill my... Because my dad has to take my car somewhere tomorrow. So he's going to probably fill my tank for me. Which is so rude that I'm making him do that. Um, okay. Let's go to the next thing that I wanted to tell you. Um, I'm, I'm doing like longer goals today. You know, that's the theme here a little bit is... With longer goals, you can also program, you, you, I don't know, I feel like I kind of covered this a little bit, but it's like, it's a little bit different of like, 
their example was uh, basketball, like professional basketball players. There's a lot of professional athletes who, as soon as they get signed, they kind of stop taking it seriously. They start to just celebrate and kind of take their foot off the gas of all their effort because their goal, their long-term goal, was just to get signed. Like, you hear anyone in sports saying their goals, and their goal is always like, uh, oh, I want to play professional. Like, I want to get on the thing. Like, yeah, I want to play. But their goal is never like, I want to get on the thing and then beat this team and then become, you know, MVP or whatever. Like, you need to do that. You need to program those. And I kind of touched on this, but it's like, um, programming your mind to not take your foot off the gas, too. This isn't even, like, I don't know if I would ever do this. Actually, sometimes I do. Like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know, I want to have a really good set, and that'll just be my goal, and then as soon as I have a good set, I take my foot off the gas, and I coast for a while. I stop. Um, when I worked at Tesla, like, some of Elon's, Elon Musk's, like, little mottos and stuff would trickle down to us. And one of his biggest mottos for Tesla was stay scrappy. Stay scrappy. Always, no matter how big you get, like, keep, keep fucking fighting like you're small. Keep fighting like you're just starting. And I remember every time he would lay a bunch of people off, he would just, like, just immediately just, like, fire a bunch of people at once like he te he tweeted or something or he emailed I don't know he goes time to shake off the barnacles like I guess whales or something shake off their barnacles like if you just stay coasting barnacles will grow on you because you're just like chilling so you got to shake around and break them off stay scrappy, and I've coasted, I, you know, I do, like, with writing, you know, jokes and stuff, I've, I've coasted, I'll be like, oh, I have, you know, I have them, I, I've written tons of jokes, I'm good, no, you, you need to write new ones every single day, because the ones that you have suck, mostly, so you have to keep writing new ones, I realized, um, so that there, it's like a constant, it's almost like fresh water. If water is like stagnant, it, it rots. You have to keep having a stream of water come through for it to stay fresh. Um, don't take your foot off the gas. And like the way that you don't take your foot off the gas is by programming uh, further, more detailed goals of like, I want to have a good set and, and then keep having more good. I want to have four good sets a day for a year and then this and then this and then this. Like program those so that when you hit each one, you don't feel like coasting. Because you know like, oh, there's 90 other goals that I have. Yeah, that's like a little bit similar to what I was saying before. But I feel like it was still worth saying. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Atlanta, like, the Atlanta area, kind of, um, I actually grew up around a lot of Christians, and a lot of, like, 
Republicans. For real. Like, yeah, they were all, everybody was either or, and, and, or, either, or. A Christian, like, people here are so into Jesus. It's not even, like, I, I am so into God, like, bitch, like, you know, the way that they're into Jesus doesn't make any sense. Like, they just repeat over and over and over again. Like, if you let them keep talking, they will just repeat over and over again that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. Um, and then they'll just go back and say that again. That doesn't, like, okay, okay, great. But that doesn't fucking matter. That's fine. Good. Like, move on. That's so boring. Like, you know, like, if you have a real fucking conversation with, with God or whatever, like, have a real conversation with, I think sometimes, like, I get these people, these, these Christians that are here, I get them better when I replace the word Jesus with God in my mind, because, like, they're always just like, oh, Jesus' love is, is washing over me, and, like, just all this stuff, and it's like, it makes a little bit more sense to me when I replace that with God, because I'm like, oh, I, I, yeah, it is nice, it is glorifying, you know, when, glory, when God's love is washing over me, okay, yeah, but, um, it's just like, God is very, um, intelligent, like, he's capable of having a further conversation with you than just a repetitive cycle of, like, Jesus died for my sins, he's my Lord and Savior, just constantly fucking saying that. We worship you, oh, great one. Shh, shh, shush. He's, he's funny, like, you can, like, look, you know, I'm just saying, like, you, you can talk to him about a lot of stuff. You don't need to be, thank you for my daily bread, like, shut up. He is so bored of you. He loves you. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, like, taking his name in vain literally right now. Like, I'm sorry, but it's, like, can you please respect the idea that you should have, like, a, um, more, like, like, more, uh, whole, <laughs> round, well-rounded relationship with him? Like, talk to him about other things. Ask him about himself. Have you asked him how he's doing? Like, just, you know, keep him company. How's that? Entertain him. How's that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Have real discussions with him. How's that? Like, try to figure out, like, you use him as your therapist. Like, try to figure out your life. And don't just, you know, get on your fucking knees at night and, like, ask Jesus for, you know, to keep your family safe, just asking him for favors constantly, thank you for my daily bread, could you keep my sister safe, thank you, okay, bye, Gloria one, thank you for saving my sins, like, okay, cool, damn, dude, you are not good at having a relationship with, with someone, like, if you, like, if you love him so much, why don't you, like, <laughs> Why don't you include him a little bit more into, like, your actual, like, casual life and shit? He's there all the time. Like, I mean, d damn. Anyways, sorry. That's not my point. They're just so irrationally Christian. Is what we, like, the, the way that they say, like, um, there's this church here, which I will gladly fucking give the name of later if anyone's ever fucking, you know, curious. Fuck that church. It's the biggest church here. 
oh, I almost said the name, but I, I'm not ready. I don't know. But anyways, they fucking told all of us uh, teens on a Wednesday night, I remember, they point blank described to us what heaven looked like. And they used real measurements. They swore to God. They were, they were so uh, sure of what heaven looked like. They were like, yeah, the roads are literally diamond. Like, the, there are diamond roads for real. And, like, everything is gyms and stuff like that. They, they described every detail of heaven. And it's so luxurious. It's, like, so gaudy. It's like, really? It's all diamonds? Fucking bitch. It's, they go, it's somewhere, literally, it's a physical, physical place. Somewhere above the clouds. Like, actually. That's what they were genuinely, these adults, like, we were not chill, like, it's somewhere above the clouds is a physical place, and it's a golden box. Okay, it's all, the walls and everything are gold. Check this out. Literally, I remember... He said that the walls are gold, purely, and they're so thick, you could never, but if you did climb to the top of the wall, it would be two football fields wide. He used football fields. This isn't some, like, a dumb fuck country church. This is, like, a modern area you know what i mean like this isn't just like oh, oh you know you were in a cult and they were giving you these lies like no this is like a real life type of modern situation that these people were telling you know all, the, these teenagers were like their parents are well-to-do real members of society you know um yeah just telling us that uh the temperature of heaven and just like all these fucking things about how like um it's perfect Ugh. okay that's all a lie like i guarantee you like i just i haven't read the full bible and i just i don't i guarantee you because i would have seen it somewhere else the bible does not give give you know uh me measurements and proportions of the of the of heaven i just I've never heard that. Like, I just can't imagine that being in the Bible. So these people were just, like, making that up. I, I, that, that's what I mean. It's just, like, what the fuck is that? I'm so tired. And then the republicanism um, really bothered me, bro. Like, growing up, I would just be like, oh, you know, we watched so many Martin Luther King videos. Like, just all of these fucking movies. And every single time... We would have a discussion afterwards and be like, yeah, damn, you know, equality is really important. Y yes, you know. And then we'd get out and, like, people would act like they just didn't even see the, you know, people would um, act dif that, uh, different, whatever, like, in, in opposition to the movie. Uh the, you know littering they would like litter on purpose and and i'd be like don't litter that's bad and they'd be like i don't care about the environment like there was just a lot of like um whenever there was a democratic candidate like running for president they'd be like stomping on pictures of his face like and they never had any rational reason like i, I until i um left like I went to New York when I 
after graduating college, like, before going to New York, my whole time, I never heard a Republican's rational reason for hating, like, Democrat stuff, you know, I had never heard a Republican say a logical thing, and one time I had a Republican professor in college, and he said a few things that sounded a little bit smart, but they were still wrought with, with, um, emotional irrationality, like, and now, like, after, you know, we're after the pandemic and stuff, like, you know, so many of us are like, okay, yeah, you guys, you know, Republicans did maybe have good points, but I never fucking heard them before, like, y'all did not say any of them, I would always ask, like, what is genuinely, do you have, like, what is genuinely wrong with Obama? Like, for real, please tell me. And they would just be like, no Obama, fuck Obama, no Obama, fuck Obama. And I'd be like, no, is there any reason, like, I'm, do you have any fucking reason? And they'd be like, no, he's a, he ain't nothing but a two-tone Muslim. Fuck Obama, no. He, he's black. Like, There was no, like, now, after the pandemic and stuff, you're like, hey, you know, he, he kind of was lying about certain things, like, all of the bombs, you know, and it's like, okay, but at the time, bitch, y'all didn't have any rational shit ever to say, ever. I was genuinely asking. I never got anything. So I always felt very unique, bro. Growing up, like, before I went to New York, I was always, like, Everyone I would date, all of my best friends, my, my family, everyone I was close to would be just like, um, you know, either or and or like racist, Republican, ex- talking about Jesus in a weird way. Like, I never felt like I knew anyone who was like as rational as me. Like, I, I just always was like questioning myself over and over like, okay, am I wrong? <laughs> Because everybody, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, straight up. And, um, obviously there was, like, yeah, but, um, when I got to New York, I was, like, it was really cool. Because there were people who were, like, I went to the UN and everyone was, like, a liberal, you know? And everyone was, like, you know, Hillary Clinton was the thing. And everyone was, like, pro-Hillary Clinton. And I was, like, I was also, at the time, pro-Hillary Clinton. And, um, it was just so cool to actually be, like, that never had happened. Like, really. Um, in New York, I found my first slightly, slightly liberal boyfriend. Um, he was actually pretty fucking conservative, actually, at the end of the day. But, um... Like, even more so than I still am even now. Like, he gets pissed, actually, about, like, gay marriage. And, like, he gets, like, pissed about, uh, um, trans people. Like, he gets, like, like, hateful. So, so, yeah, actually. But, um, so, I was so excited, like, to be finally around liberals and, like, Democrats. And, like, to finally be, like, okay, you know, it was a little bit sucky because um my uniqueness felt like a skill for a while like I was like climbing in the ranks I was like I could be the fucking president like with how rational I am like fuck like I could be the damn president 
like, you know, everyone around me, me was just like, no, Obama, Jesus saved my sins, like, and I was like, you know, making all A's, like, I don't know, but once I got to New York, I was like, oh, this uniqueness is now gone, meaning my kind of skill is gone, like, now everybody's saying rape is bad, now everybody agrees, so, okay, that was a little bit sad, but it was fine, um, but then I saw other, you know, that's when you start to see the flaws in liberals. Once you're around liberals for long enough, you're like, oh, shit. Dude, they're always selling each other crystals. Like, they really, you, st you talk to a liberal, you're so happy. Oh, my God, you're, wow. And then they're like, look, let me go show you my crystals. And they start to get into, you know, tonics or whatever. They just start to get into... I forgot, man, uh, chants, mantras, they just start to get into shit, um, sometimes, and, and, and certain, like, uh, gain it, like, certain, um, extreme behavior, you know, oh, I'm gonna get tattoos, like, everywhere, I have my nipples pierced, and, like, they just, and you're, like, you know, I wasn't from an area where people really did that, like, you know, got crazy piercings and the tattoos and stuff, like, to me, that's counterproductive, like, I want to be the president, I want to save the world, and you're, like, getting your nipples pierced, so, like, you know what I mean, and so you just kind of start to see the flaws of, like, okay, you're just, like, going down this, basically, rabbit hole of freedom or some shit, I don't know, of individual freedom, but, uh, Cool. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about, like, the guy that I dated. Um, when I first met him, I was, like, very classy. Like, he was wearing this, like, perfect, all-layered red suit at the UN, like, um, at the diplomats, whatever the fuck. And he was a diplomat, and I was wearing you know, high heels, a blazer, I was a soft-spoken professional person, all classy and, like, leading different initiatives at the UN, and we were this, like, very classy couple. We lived in this beautiful fucking place in the Upper East Side, and then in Midtown, like, uh, not Midtown, but, like, uh, fuck, <laughs> 34th Street, um, and, like, on 34th Street, we had this fucking basically mansion of an apartment and we would have like little parties there and shit and uh then we moved to our own place in the lower east side like i was with him for four years and he saw me go from that classy girl with high heels on and stuff four years later i was on the sidewalks and in parks screaming about my vagina to people like, four years into our relationship, I was not wearing high heels anymore. I was wearing sweatpants and sneakers, yelling about, like, Jews and stuff at strangers with a microphone. He stayed with me for a year and a half after I started comedy. And he didn't even want to, like, for, like, a year and a half, like, uh, he moved back to Portugal to, like, work closer with things... And, uh, but he stayed, dude, he fucking called me, he, he texted me good morning every fucking morning, good night every night, he called me, like, every day and genuinely 
spoke to me and stuff, like, even though I was a disgusting, rock-bottom, like, insane person. He, like, stayed with me for a year and a half, and he, I think it's because he knew that I needed him. Like, I was at rock bottom. I remember, like, when he first moved back to Portugal, he was, like, trying to bring it up, like, dude, we should break up. And I, like, stopped him. Because I couldn't, I like, at the time, especially, I, 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 no. And I stopped him, and I was like, dude, whatever, like, whatever needs to be done, like, you are my rock right now. And when, the way that I said that, I was like, you are my fucking rock right now. Like, please don't. And I didn't even ask much of him of, like, I didn't even ask him to text me good morning every morning or, like, call me every day. I didn't even, like, need that. I just couldn't handle uh, breaking things off. Like, I couldn't handle that. And he, but he heard me when I said that. He heard me and he didn't try anything else for a year and a half until I was ready. I just think that's really beautiful. Like, our relationship wasn't perfect, like I said, um, <laughs> like I said, like, we didn't agree on certain things and stuff, like, um, and I didn't want to learn Portuguese or live in Portugal, fuck that, uh, and just different things, like, but, but he knew that I just needed him, and not even, like, in that, like, I didn't even need him that much at all, but he could just hear in my voice, he was like, ah, yeah, like, I'll be there for you as you start this new thing, like, if I was that, that, you know, that fucking first year comedian and stuff like that, if I did all of that without him there, it just, you know, oh god, he was literally, like, my, just, my, my rock, like, my small, tiny rock, um, and I'm sorry if you don't have one, like, <laughs> you know, but he wasn't even that, like, I remember one time, um, like, a, almost a year in, I got really, I bombed, I did the, my, the worst I've ever done, like, on, on a comedy show, I, like, came out on stage, and there was, I didn't know, I just came out on stage, it was my first show of the night, I had four shows, I was tired, I just came out on stage in sweatpants, like, just who, you know, tired, and I just looked up, and there was 80 middle-aged, well-dressed African-Americans, like, well-dressed, like, wealthy African-Americans, and they were just all, they all looked at me in the eyes and just go, next, and I tried to do, and they just started booing, and I just tried to do my stuff, and they were booing, they were throwing trash at me, like, and I got pulled off the stage, and, uh, and they, like, made fun of me online afterwards, like, and posted my, like, a video, um, of what happened, and everyone was like, ah, ha, ha, fuck that girl, and I was, like, mortified, and my boyfriend paid, like, he hadn't seen me, in real life, for, like, eight months, he was, I was disgusting, I was living in my car, driving around, like, this was in Miami, I was, like, at the time, I was bathing in hot tubs, like, and I would sneak into hot tubs and, like, get in them, 
um, that was just for fun, but, like, he bought me a, uh, hotel for three days. He was like, just, just lay down in a hotel for three days and just relax. And I don't know. That was just so nice. I don't know what to say. Ah. Yeah, like, um, somebody commented, like, hi, if you're, hi, if you're listening, but, like, you commented, um, that you agree with almost everything I say, like, you like everything I say, but then I talked about shoplifting, and that that caught you off guard, and you were, like, uncomfortable about that, and it's, like, I'm probably gonna hit so many things, you know, and, I mean, I can, I can justify it further, I guess, of just, like, first of all, these are large corporations, and I'm only taking, like, food, like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could justify it further, or, you know, I don't want to shoplift forever, there's inflation, what's, the, what's with the inflation, you know, but I'm gonna hit everything, and so, I don't know, I, like, I'm so, I, like, it, it sucks if eventually you're, like, yeah, you're too much, if eventually I'm, like, too bad, but, um, you know, I'm glad that you agreed with me on so much <laughs> beforehand, you know, if you're, like, wow, she used hot tubs to bathe in for, like, a few weeks, no, that's disgust. it's, like, yeah, sorry, I, I've done a lot, there's been a lot of stuff, and hopefully we meet in person one day. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with that because we're over time. Bye. Good night.